Good morning, everyone. It is Office Hours, and we are blessed to be here. It's Office Hours to our TV show, Office Hours, and it's great to have my mentor and partner, Blaine Bartlett, blainebartlett.com. He's here today with us, and we look forward to having him at the filming of the TV show. As always, season five is commencing. Uh, we have a wonderful guest playing today, David Hoffman, and he is the CEO and economist at David Hoffman Realty. And he has a new book, which you're going to love because it incorporates my love language and relationships over rules. Um, and it's utilizing relationships and harnessing the generosity, the graciousness, harnessing the power of these relationships interesting enough Blaine to overcome uh your past and embrace your future welcome office hours David thank you so much for having me David it's an honor it's great to have you here now uh I'm going to start with my love language is time and I love the way incorporated uh the purpose of these relationships over rules is to overcome uh, the interference that's created in the linear time frame of past and present and future. Uh, you know, for you as an economist, uh, why did you use the time as a framework uh, when so many other people would have stuck to harnessing, you know, the power of the actual relationship capital over pragmatic rules? You've incorporated time is the challenge. We, you, you need that what we need to overcome not the rules that we're overcoming. We're overcoming the rules by overcoming time. Absolutely, David. Um, we all have the same amount of time, but the world tells us to prioritize the next person, the next transaction, the next TV show, instead of giving your all where you are. Um, and and so for me, and it sounds like, um, you know, I've followed you for a while. It sounds like you and your gang as well. The relationships in my life, make time almost stop. You know, I've found that the most successful people, they put something on the calendar and they finish what they start. They they commit and nothing better or bigger or more important steps in outside of a personal emergency. And when I learned that a long time ago, David, um, time just started slowing down and stress started going away. Uh, a young lady in my real estate company asked me a few years ago, David, why, why do you have no stress in your life? I said, hey, hey, hey. I've got a lot of stress in my life. It rains on my house as much as does yours, right? But 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 I but I wake up not expecting sunshine 24-7. I wake up not chasing the next deal, but giving more than I could take in the people already in my life. And so then when when I'm with someone, regardless with you and Blaine on the show, or if I'm having coffee, or if I'm serving the community, I'm not overcommitting. I'm giving 30 minutes, an hour, however much time. And then we all can move on because you're being present where you are. I think, David, that people are always looking to the next transaction, the next person, and they're checking the box, but then they're spending all their time starting from scratch. You know, all the people that trust them, love them, respect them, that they put so much effort into last Tuesday, they're thinking, well, if they need something from me, they'll call me. But now I'm going to pull all my efforts into this new relationship, which is not a relationship. It's a stranger. You know, it starts in our own backyard. We, we don't look at our own marriage. We look at the neighbor. We don't look at our own kids. We look at the neighbor's kids. We're always looking outward and we're putting all our efforts. And then we're getting discouraged that we're expecting others to live up to our own expectations of ourselves. 
Yeah, and, and before I let Blaine uh, comment in and ask a question, I, I just want to point out one of the major shifts in my life occurred in this exact point where I used to be the dad and the husband that would take phone calls during family functions, dinners, et cetera. And my wife, who's brilliant and, you know, has, uh, and I attribute uh, most of, if not all my success, but for my life to, uh, you know, one time I walked back to the table when my girls were young before Miles, my son was born. And she said, you know, just curious, why is it that you spend more time and attention with people who you don't know or barely know than the people you say that you care most about? And uh, from that time on, I've never taken another call at dinner. Now, determined upon the family function and who's at my family function, as Blaine, my mentor, said, you know, it's a great excuse to fall away toxic relationships, even if they're related to you. So I haven't quite always not walked away at family functions, but at least with my intimate family, I don't take phone calls anymore. Sorry, Blaine. I had to give you a, a super plug and all for being the best mentor in the world. So I uh, appreciate you. <laughs> You know, uh, the idea that who I am is defined by my relationships <clears throat> comes into play here, I think, David. And um, I'm just you know, struck by a couple of different things here. One is my relationship with time, but also my relationship with my past events um, you know, kind of come into play. Um, and the more that I focus on being in the moment, the more that allows me to be who I say I want to be because at that point in time, I'm actually more present and I'm less attached to what I was relating to in the past or what I might be relating to in the future. And I'm, I was you know, remembering something that was said about uh, President Clinton years ago. And I want to just check this out in terms of your experience in working, not only professionally, but personally. Uh, people would talk about yeah, in conversation with him, feeling as if they were the only person in the room. And this is true of, of uh, uh, Obama as well. And I've had that experience as well with other people that I've spoken with, where nothing else seems to be going on with them except who's in front of them, which would be me or whoever it was that they were talking with. And that stops time. You know, that focus, that intensity, that presence basically slows everything down. So all there, there's, take as much time as you need in the next five minutes to tell me your life story. <laughs> and that would be kind of the experience that would come into play with that. From a sales perspective, from a business perspective, and from a personal perspective, how can you, um, you know, link what we, what I was just referencing there, that, 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 that kind of presence to, to overall success in life? Absolutely, Blaine. You know, our three guiding principles are be the friend, be the expert, and be present. And I think most people focus on being the friend or being the expert. But no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. But if you're not being present, are you being a friend? And so they're not going to drop their guard and reciprocate and give you a chance to serve and sell. And so time really slows down for me when I'm being present where I am. Because if you only commit to the person across from you, they feel special and important. You know, you show up early, you stay late, you give them your all and, and you can't let someone down. You know, you can't let someone down if you're not over committing to three other things, but also time and stress both started slowing down. Even the raindrops and the storms were slowing down guys. When I stopped being a people pleaser and looking for the next opportunity 
well, this is a good opportunity, but that's a better sale. This is a, a date night with my wife, but I can always do that next week if I make the sale this week. I saw, I watched that video, David, about you know taking the phone calls, and that used to be me. But then you realize that you're taking those phone calls to make more money, to grow your business so you can give back to your family, and your family says, hey, all I want is your time. And so if you give your time with your friends versus strangers, you're not chasing, trying to impress. They already trust you, love you, respect you. And you're not committing to two things at once. Um, in our company, guys, it doesn't matter who is calling if something's already on the calendar. And so the president of the United States could be calling, but there is a community service project already on the calendar. The president of the United States might not have the opportunity because we're not available. We don't ask about their title. We don't ask about their position. We look at the calendar and if it fits, great. And if it doesn't, then that's okay too. Um, and that's how you can maximize your time. And also that's how you look back and your wife, your kids, your friends, they don't say, you know, David's a good guy. Blaine's a good guy. David's a good guy, but he's always chasing the next best thing. They say he finishes what he starts and he's present where he, are, he is. Blaine, I love that being present. I, I think that's everything. And, and uh, David, having little kids, you got three now. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, appreciate you sharing. Yeah. Just don't the phone. I do my best, not perfect, but I do not answer my phone around my family. And, you know, it's interesting. I touched on the great mentorship that Blaine has given me and people at my company and some of the Fortune 20, Fortune 100 uh, companies around the world and the executives that, you know, lose perspective. And Blaine's always one who, you know, to me will even call me and say, hey, you know, I'm just a little concerned. I, I see your activities and I just want to make sure you're still prioritizing what's important to you. I know, Dave, you particularly what's important to you. Just want to make sure that you're okay. And I've always appreciated the people uh, in the second half of, of my, my life here that uh, tell me the truth because I had reached a point, David, where I hated the people, the, the four people closest to me that told me the truth and putting my attention and intention on those that, you know, were buying things you didn't need to impress people you didn't like is the best way I could describe it. Uh, but there's a axis that Blaine taught me and I think it is aligned with your book uh, as well. And it's an enlightening one, Relationships Over Rules, is that, you know, I used to look at things in the great chain of feeding. And, you know, if you fed me, I would feed you. And the problem with that is exactly what you're saying is, well, there's always a bigger deal and they're feeding me. So I should feed that person I barely know or only know in the context of making money under a lie, an egotistical lie that I'm making money for my family. You know, economically, you're an economist. So, you know, tell me if I'm wrong about this. But, you know, it's proven that $75,000 around the world is enough to house and feed your family. <laughs> and so, you know, for those of us that are blessed to make far more than that, you know, you're lying to yourself if, if you're telling you you have to do this deal to feed or house your family, protect your family. Uh, and so the second axis was really interest to me. It was the relativity. And this is where the relationships over rules of the feeding and bleeding chain was that, you know, let's take, for example, my mom, who's 80, David, get away from my children. My mom bleeds me. She's 80 years old. Financially, she bleeds me. Emotionally, she bleeds me because of overcoming my past and embracing my future. Just
there is an axis of relativity that, you know, my mom's the most relative person in my life and therefore can bleed me more. But it doesn't give your stepmom or my mom the right to diminish my capacity of bleeding me. So there has to be this analysis of relationship over rules of what is your relativity? Because I was spending my time giving relativity to, you know, high school friends, uh, business associates that were only transactional in their nature relationship. Um, how does, you know, talking about your seven principles in your book uh, re relate to this idea of, you know, access of eating and bleeding compared to, you know, I'm going to move, considering how relative you are, that's how much bleeding you're allowed to have in my life. Yeah, that's excellent, David. You've got a you've got a great mentor in Blaine. It looks like. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I highly blame BlaineArtlet.com. <laughs> yeah, I see that. And uh, we were talking about doing some community service work. If I could be honored to offline, but um, but all can aside, David. Um, and you said it earlier. Tough relationships are okay, but toxic is not. And so, if you're bleeding a little bit, but you're not bleeding dry and bleeding out, it's tough. It's okay to have tough relationships. It keeps us from narcissism. It keeps us from self-righteousness. It's okay to have tough relationships. It's not toxic. Uh, but we also have to have our schedules respected like we respect theirs. And so with your mom, I mean, you're giving more than you can ever receive again. You know, her being 80, she lives hopefully to be 100. In the next 20 years, it's going to be a one-way street. And, and, um, and you're giving. Uh, and hopefully you're receiving in your heart, Dave. You know you're helping, even though, you know, hurt people hurt people. I want to, I want to remind you guys, you know this. Um, but at the same time, you can say, look, Mom, I'm going to call you back this afternoon. We have a standard in our, in our lives, in my real estate company. I say in my, in my life because if it's who you are at home, it's who you are in the marketplace and in, this, in the community. And if it's who you are in the marketplace, it's who you are in the community at home. I hear too many people that say, well, at home, my standard is X. At work, my standard is Y. And in the community, my standard is Z. Who you are at home is who you are. And one of our standards is respond before the next meal. And so, you know, you can always say, all right, mom, you called me at seven in the morning and you're thinking to yourself, I will call you back before I go to lunch. I'm not going to go to lunch without calling my mom back. And she's not going to go to lunch thinking my son doesn't care about me anymore. And so you start putting these boundaries up where you're not apologizing for taking two hours to call because you didn't commit to that 8 a.m. call. But then when you do call, you give your mom your all. And then you get off the call. You say, hey, I've got 30 minutes. And, and, and then you give your mom the 30 minutes or an hour. or I've got $5,000 or I can, I can spend this day with you. And you set those expectations. Um, but then looking back, looking inward, I had a mentor many years ago you know, my blame maybe. And, um, and he said, David, you look discouraged. I said, well, I can't imagine this person would do this in this business deal. You know, they took a bunch of money on a deal. It was my client that I was sharing with them. And I brought them in because I was new. It was about 20 years ago, guys. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, David, you can't expect others to live up to your own expectations of yourself. And, and that's in the business world, but it's with your parents, it's with your kids, it's with your wives. The best thing I ever did in my marriage is stop expecting my wife, who's my best friend. She's beautiful inside and out. She actually texted me yesterday, guys. I was running to a speed engagement. I got the best text of all time. She's a, she's a woman of few words. She said, I'm a woman of few words. 
But I wanted to tell you, I feel like this year we've gotten so much closer. You're my best friend. You're my partner. You're my everything, my rock. And I'm like, wow, mic dropped. I, you know, I could change the world. And, um, yeah. but, but during the work day, I'll respond to my wife before my next meal. But if she calls right now, I don't even have my phone near me. I don't know what's happening. And so I think what happens in the world a lot is if it's your mom, David, or if it's my wife or Blaine, if it's someone in service with, with your nonprofit, you're thinking, well, I got to watch for that call because if they call, that's the most important thing. And so then to Blaine's point earlier, David, you're never really being present where you are because you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so you just need to be present where you are, set boundaries, and respond for your next meal. Well, David, you have brought a lot of light uh, to our community, yep. a community of people that help each other and know people that can help each other. Everyone reach out, get his new book, Relationships Over Rules. There's different principles to lead gracefully and love generously. Harness the power of these relationships to overcome your past and embrace a future, a trajectory of where you think you want to be better. David, we have a lot more conversations that we should have, a lot more platforms to have them on. Thank you so much uh, for gracing us with your presence. Uh, please come back and visit both Blaine and I on our different shows as well. It was an honor. Thank you both, guys. I look forward to it. Thanks, David. Awesome. Thank you, David. Uh, you know, I get those uh, text messages from Julie all the time about uh -huh. uh, that subject. I was waiting for one that says, you know, you're just super hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get those from Cynthia, too, that, that, that you're super hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I, I send them to you as well, Blaine. I, you know, ever since I felt that beautiful jacket, that leather jacket, I'm like, here's the world's most sexiest man. Uh, and you wouldn't believe it, but Blaine's 90 and he just, there's no, <laughs> there's no doubt he'd be the most sexy. Forget Cary Grant. Uh, they'd be about the same age right now. Uh, anyway, he is gorgeous in my mind. I'm in love with Blaine inside and out. Our next guest is going to be a, a great uh, contributor as well to our community. He's super hot, mind, body, and soul, the CEO and MD of I'm going to hopefully say this correctly. Faces Corporation, uh, Nitin Rakesh is here. Welcome. Uh, and hopefully I said that right as well, Nitin. Yes, David, thank you. It's Nitin and the company's pronounced emphasis. It's the emphasis without the E. Emphasis. Okay. Emphasis. That makes sense now. And there you yeah. go. And uh, this is why I usually ask the team, Blaine, to give me some sort of Genetics. genetic. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if yeah. not, uh, I'm exposed for... Uh, my, my lack of uh, understanding. So anyway, so CEO and MD, MPHAS Corporation, very clever, M-P-H-A-S-I-S.com. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the linear time frame and how do we embrace the future? Um, and it's very difficult to embrace the future in the tech industry. Uh, I started my career out of law school in 92 in the tech industry and had my first exit uh, in 95 for $3.4 billion. And I thought the world was moving so quickly from 1992 to 1995 with legal research online. Uh, you know, today, I think there's as much growth in and speed in technology in the tech industry from nine to five than there was from 92 to 95. <laughs> uh, and so I'm curious, you know, how do you even identify trends that are going to shape our future in the tech industry? 
when there's so many variables today and it's moving so fast? Uh, great point, David. I think uh, you were probably early on in, in uh, identifying some of these trends in the early 90s. And uh, a lot of what we are now living through was really seeded in that era. Uh, I think the, the world very well knows the, you know, very, uh, you know, uh, pronounced Moore's law, which is compute power doubles every two to three years. But I'm a big fan of another law called Amara's law, which says we tend to overestimate the impact of tech in the short run and under underestimate the impact it has in the long run. Mm -hmm. What that means is a lot of the things that we are now living through weren't <clears> just seeded <throat> last year or early this year. I mean, even I mean, AI has been around for 50 years. So I think the key to kind of really finding your North Star and, uh, you know, your strategic goals in a business like ours, which is enabling large enterprises to, to deploy all forms of new tech. The key really is to continue to identify what's going on, which of these trends truly will have a long tail impact on enterprises and how do you get, get ahead of them uh, before they become mainstream and, uh, uh, you know, household names, right? So give you an example. We've been investing in AI for about six or seven years, you know, in a big way. Uh, we put up algorithms on the marketplaces with, with cloud providers five years ago. Along comes GPT-3, not really a big impact. Suddenly, chat GPT explodes on the world, and the next big thing is AI. But it's been in development for 50 years. So I think I try to kind of keep a very, uh, you know, I would say a long-tail view of identifying these trends. I spent a lot of time meeting a lot of, you know, interesting people, startup founders, uh, universities. We actually collaborated a lot with universities in, in some of these early research trends. Uh, and the one we've now been investing for the last four years is quantum and how that might impact the business. So at some point when that becomes mainstream, you know, we shouldn't be trying to get ahead of it at that point in time because it's too late by then. So I think the the, the same view is to continue to you know, cut through the clutter, focus on which of these trends truly have the potential to, to change the world. And in a way, I feel very fortunate because it gives us the opportunity, uh, you know, not only to, to kind of look through uh, you know, a little bit of the future gazing, but more importantly, I think we are very fortunate, uh, you know, living through the last 30 years of rapid change, uh, you know, improvement in lives using tech. Uh, I mean, you and I can go back 30 years, even 20 years, even 10 years, and the way we live our lives is completely different today, in a good way. Right. I, I'm not one of those, you know, fearful of tech people, of course, but in a way, this has truly impacted everybody's life, especially if you're a consumer. You know, the, the ease with which you can transact anything today from a banking transaction to buy, you know, renewing your insurance policy and, of course, e-commerce. Uh, and I think it will continue to get, you know, get further along in that direction. Uh, but the, the key theme to think about is which of these things have the potential and the opportunity to truly impact enterprises and consumers. You know, Nathan, I'm, I'm interested in unbundling a little bit the uh, trend that you see right now in quantum. Um, it's for the modern or the modern, the, the typical layperson. they read about quantum con, you know, computing and they, it's kind of like, first of all, I don't have, yeah, they don't have, I've, I've got a bit of understanding of, of the physics that underlay that, um, with super locality and, you know, just a whole lot of other stuff in there F from a trend perspective. And this is specific to both society, but also business. 
what is the net impact or particularly, well, maybe not even the net impact, but what's the potential impact of quantum computing when it actually begins to yeah, become something that is uh, fungible? It's not just an esoteric theoretical piece taking place in a lab. You know, we've got a thousand qubit right now that you know, we're working with. But what happens when we actually get to that tipping point and now it becomes more mainstream? I think uh, what's going to happen is uh, we have to think about that as a reset moment for everything compute. Right? We've been living in this two-dimensional world for the last 50, 60 years since the, the semiconductor was born. Uh, and even in that world, uh, I think human beings have a hard time understanding linearity versus exponentiality. Even in that world, there's been an exponential you know, impact to compute power. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, the greeting card that plays a song is the same chip that was in the Apollo you know, moon mission. I mean, it's yeah. just mind-boggling to even think about. Uh, as we get to uh, solving some of the physics problems around quantum and, and, and getting it to work in a manner that it becomes more mainstream, now I don't know whether it's five years out, four years out, ten years out, I think we'll, we'll have a whole new paradigm of what compute should look like. Uh, not just for security and and uh, you know some of the cyber issues, but more importantly for everyday compute. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same thing that we are we are transitioning through energy right now. I think it's the same impact fusion will have on the world with with energy. It's the same impact quantum is likely to have on the world, you know, with with proliferation of of compute power. And of course, that will also unleash a whole new wave of investment and and reinvestment. But for the most part. When you get that much compute power, you know, you actually can solve a lot more problems a lot faster. Think about drug discovery. Think about, you know, finding treatments that take years right now to go through testing. Uh, it's just a mind-boggling you know, amount of areas that, that uh, industries and, and potentially society areas that we can actually think about getting impacted. And Nitin, your mind works in a similar parallel to Blaine and mine. And we have formulas, Blaine and I have all types of, I have a formula, for example, for luck, you know, what you pay attention to and the five levels of intention of doing, saying, thinking, believing, and feeling equal coincidence, the coinciding of this quantum universe that you, Blaine and I are, are really excited about. You created a formula for success. And I, and I think it's really interesting because it's a, an area that I'm studying uh, it's C equals X two C equals one T M formula for success. Um, obviously, the cloud and, and cognitive abilities are a dependent variable formula, which leads me to the uh, you know purpose of our conversation, the trends of the future in tech. And the ten that's the trend that I see being ignored are two different skill sets that most people most people are focused in on AI and all of that side of technology, but they're not focused in on one, uh, the personal capabilities that are going to be more important as these tech accelerations occur, our ability to communicate personally with people. And then two, related to that is a capability called reading. Um, I am uh, a huge proponent. I support and empower kids, especially to reread and to learn how to read because the value that's going to be created by being able to recognize and acknowledge real content and communicate with real content versus the scams, frauds, void shortages, obstacles, et cetera, that will be created by artificial ones. And if we don't encourage our children to communicate personally with people and to learn how to read 
we are going to fall into a social silo that can be easily manipulated uh, and cause us even further problems and fear. Uh, you talk about technology has always been fear. I, I always imagine the first guy to come out and say, hey, this is a hammer. And then some people in the crowd going, oh, no, that's going to break down my house. You know, you're going to use it to break down my house. No, no, it's meant to build a house. No, no, it's meant to break down my house. That's the way I feel about technology. How can we encourage or how do you incorporate in the quadridimensional growth these personal skills of communication and reading? I think that's, uh, uh, David, that's a pretty big, uh, actually, that's part of a much bigger issue that we have to think about. As uh, machines get smarter, uh, I worry that humans may actually go the other way only because it gets so much easier to find answers. It gets so much easier to, to just talk to a machine. And you may not even understand what the answer is and why it is, and you just might believe it like gospel. It's like going back 500 years when we thought that the sun moves around the earth because the God moves his chariot. Right? So we didn't understand why it does, but we believed it because it was faith and religion and, and God. I just hope we don't get to a point where we start worshiping a black box that gives us the answers because it knows everything. I think the only two ways to, to kind of think about, and we've tried to incorporate some of that in the way we, we train and reskill our younger employees. One, you have, you have to accept that they're going to consume content in different manners, right? which is okay, as long as we have a way to kind of make sure that they're consuming the right form of content. So our entire reskilling platform in the company is highly automated and highly personalized, and most importantly, highly gamified. So to them, it looks like they're playing a game, uh, but they're really actually acquiring new skills and we are enforcing them to actually consume content in a manner that they, they gain those skills and we're able to test them through that gamification, right? They collect tokens and coins. They go through levels just like you would in a Candy Crush game. Uh, the levels get harder as you go through the next level. So I think we have to just accept the fact that that for no fault of theirs, they will have to, we will have to find ways to make sure they're able to consume content and assimilate content in a manner that is much more you know, aligned to, to the current way of doing things. You know, yes, there is no substitute for the good old fashioned you know, book that you flip pages through. And I'm still one of those, uh, you know, even that I wrote one as well, I think it's, it's an important way to, to um, you know, assimilate content. But I think we have to just accept that, uh, you know, for no fault of theirs, there are different ways that they will consume content in. And then, of course, uh, I think I, I normally tell people that it's not that AI will replace humans. Uh, AI will replace humans that don't use AI. So learn how to use it, learn how to harness it, and learn how to make it a true co-pilot for yourself. So I think if you, if you just kind of focus on a couple of those things, I think we'll be okay on the other side of this trend. Nitin, uh, yeah. you know, it, you, you are not only a great author and business uh, person, but also an amazing philanthropist and leader. Uh, of the next generation as we are trying to shape the future and acknowledge the trends that can help us be more abundant. Uh, do have other shows. Uh, the world needs more exposure to you. Um, I also have an introduction, so if you can reach out. Uh, I work closely with Kishore Lula uh, in Eros Entertainment. You may know Kishore and Sanjay Nduja, uh, but I know he's working on a project that emphasis uh, could be a great uh, partner in as well. If you're not already working with him, I would love to make that introduction. Uh, and if you all know him, I said hello. Uh, but please come back and join us. We have many other shows, as I stated with David. Uh, I could sit here, Blaine and I, we could talk uh, all day long with you to learn even more. Um, and I yeah. love your formula of success. 
Uh, thank you so much. We'll, we'll reach out to you and, thank and you, have to, you join us. Really more. appreciate it. Enjoyed being on the show, and and you guys do a great job. Keep doing it. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Yeah. All right. What a lineup today. We, back to back. Yeah. Uh, back to back. You know. You know. It, I know a lot of people are looking for what they don't, what's missing. When they, they're looking at the hammer as something that's going to break down their house. But when you meet people like Natin and uh, David, I, I'm inspired. You're right? the, the, the future, they both are dealing with the future, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, testament to our team. Somehow, you know, Maddie getting such extraordinary guests and putting them at the same time, getting them, whether they're waking up uh, early or staying up late us, uh, you know, all these people are coming here for our community uh, and showing up for our community. And there's very few people, you know, that do that uh, with, without, you know, anything uh, in exchange. And they're just abundant in their nature. So I want to thank our, our team and especially my mentor, Blaine Bartlett, who will be missing this time, uh, these these six episodes, but we're going to get them next time Uh and, and uh, as he has come back from Africa, we uh, y- y- there's a hole in the show when there's no Blaine Bartlett in Istanbul. Uh, <laughs> well, BlaineBartlett.com. I will be there. I will be there. Hey, takeaways real quick before we yes. jump ship here. That's um, good. Well, thank you for reminding me what the show's about. So uh, <laughs> if, you were, if you weren't here, I would have closed it out. And Luca would say, you didn't do the takeaways. <laughs> The, the whole notion of being present. I mean, you, you, we started off with a little riff on time, but this whole notion of being present um, allows me, yeah, I'm going to you know, take just a little you know, moment here. You look around the world today and people are being born, people are dying. We've got wars going on. We've got success being created. We've got new businesses being created. We've got new businesses folding. All of this stuff is happening at the same time, but we don't notice it. We don't notice it. So when I think about you know the moment of now, everything exists now. I mean, literally, you look around and you just if you expand your awareness, everything that you could possibly experience in life is going on right now. Where are you present? Where are you present? So you know, with David talking about just being present in your relationships, you know, you notice things, and there's an awareness there that allows you to have a you know a certain you know type of success, a certain type of experience. And the same thing with Nithin, uh, you 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 notice the trending that's going on, and you position yourself. You just position yourself to be part of that world that's going on. Everything's going on all of the time at the same time. Where I am is a function of my frequency. Where I am is a function of my presence. That's the takeaway for me today. And and both of these gentlemen, I think, articulated that in their own unique ways. Yeah, and I, my takeaway is to not overcome the past, but to give the meaning to the past to embrace the future, align the meaning of the past, find the light, the love, and the lessons in the past, the infinite past, to embrace the infinite future by being present and utilizing the 24 hours of present activity that we're given or almost guaranteed every day. And I think, you know, where uh, I utilize five daily practices, other people utilize daily habits, daily principles. I think it's really important to distinguish the three time zones that we live in. We live in the meaning of the past, which is infinite. We live in the hope of the future, which is infinite. Live in the 
practicality of activity of today for 24 hours in alignment with the two infinite time zones in which we experience and then we're to be present and to practice in the present what we want in the future by learning the past that's why you have mentors like blaine bartlett who reminds me that the purpose of our show is that people get a takeaway that they can utilize and empower others to empower others to be happy to make a lot of money help a lot of people and have a lot of fun both of our guests today are doing just that so is blaine bartlett blainebartlett.com him on our show every single week and see him on the tv show every single season thanks for joining me blaine i love you i love you too buddy have a great filming today and tomorrow and i will see you in the next uh session in the next studio film. next month <laughs> okay You're amazing see i sent the I'll, I'll try to get her before before the next meal is we give the unstoppable award uh which you know we have the biggest names billionaires millionaires entrepreneurs celebrities athletes entertainers everyone from deepak to sad guru to cameron diaz and dan Aykroyd to brett Favre and marshall falk it's just amazing thought leaders like joe decena and uh dr joe Dispenza. there's every single person on there and we get to give an award for their contribution to our community of people that want to help each other and know people that can help each other. I pray every day for at least 10 people that I can help. And I pray for at least 10 people that can help me a simple prayer. And if fulfilled, we will have a community of people that are selling for each other and buying from each other. It's very simple in its nature to thrive. I want to thank everyone. We're here in Las Vegas today and tomorrow. I'll be in Chicago, Wisconsin, London, Portugal, Madrid, and Malta. And I'll be home by Friday at noon. We're rocking and rolling. If you want to meet us, we have tickets to Web Summit, uh, to Sigma. Go ahead, reach out to me, david at dmeltzer.com. Join my community. Know where we're going because we're going fast. 949-298-2905. David at dmeltzer.com. I'll send you the five daily practices. I will give you tickets to come join me at Web Summit or Sigma in Portugal and Malta. We got all kinds of meetups in London and all over the place. Come and join us, david at dmeltzer.com. Email me. Most importantly, as my guests and hosts suggest, be more interested than interesting. Be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll see you tomorrow. We have trainings. Thanks. Bye.